0: The show dedicated to the half-demon hero, hosted by me, Mark David Christensen.
1: And me, Kate Thompson.
0: Woo! Oh, boy. Oh, baby. Oh, baby. Is <laughs> right, Kate. We're at the very end. This is the... We've, we've come so far. There's, of course, many more uh, Hellboy tales after this, but this is the definitive last, technically the last issue of the Hellboy title. Yeah. Like there's Hellboy and Hell that will follow. There's BPRD. I won't spoil anything. I don't know. I don't know if he comes back or not or what right, will right, happen. sure. Uh-huh. Um, there's other there's Hellboy and the BPRD comics. You know, even even the, you know there's some that have the title, but they're sort of like plugging back into like others. But this is like yeah, Seed of Destruction kicked off this journey, and now we are at the final issue of this journey. That's crazy, <laughs> yeah. How do you feel?
1: It feels. It feel like it feels nice to get somewhat of a of an ending it's really satisfying you see like a lot of characters coming back and kind of tying up these threads in a nice satisfying way but yeah it's like bittersweet because you love this character and then in this one he dies he he dies so it's crazy yeah there you go then that's
0: it that's what yeah In a wild turn of events. Yeah. Yeah. Before we jump into the, the issue, I want to give us some credits. Some, I don't want to sit in that morose ending energy. We got to get through it. We can save all that. that sure. <laughs> almost It's almost like you have to grieve it. We'll
1: save our mourning for later. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, yeah. The, the final uh, part three of The Fury, written by Mike Mignola, illustrated by Duncan Vigredo, colored by Dave Stewart, lettered by Clem Robbins, edited by Scott Alley. And yeah, published in August two thousand eleven, this issue, and it's picking up, you know, just right where we left off with this giant battle between Hellboy and the Dragon. Oh yeah, let's talk about the cover.
0: I'm she. Uh, you uh, have a copy. I literally of it. cut cut her off because I was holding up a picture uh, my copy of the Fury, which I do think.
1: Did you get that back when?
0: I yes. Two thousand eleven. Yes, because. Weirdly enough, I think we've talked about this on the podcast. I, be, I, I moved to LA in 2009. And then so I had like a weird drop off of not really consuming anything. Comic books, I fell behind on movies and so forth. Just because you're yeah. transitioning to a new city. It's and you sort yeah. you're busy, you're saving, you're trying it's to save money. Time. You don't really have. So like I caught up with Hellboy a lot with like the library editions. But then when I was able to like comfortably... Get back and then I discovered uh, my comic book shop, The Secret Headquarters, which didn't have, which is like really nice wood flooring and like it feels like an adult shop. And I was like, this is my new place. And I it's the first Secret time
1: headquarters is great. I love that. It,
0: and love. it's the first time I've ever started a hold before this. I would just go in and get what I could. Yeah. Back in Utah. And this is The Secret Headquarters. Is the first time I went in. It was like, I want to start having a hold box. Support
1: like, this place. Yes. Right? And yeah. then now I have
0: two comic book shops. I have them, and then I do other, uh, one locally, and Eagle Rock called Com- Comics Versus Toys. Both great stores. Nice. But Secret Headquarters is like my, like, you know, my home. Yeah. So these came out, but I was like still behind in my reading. So I definitely picked these up, and they'd just been sitting there. And then, to be completely honest, I think I read these. Then put them away and then I didn't. And then got the library edition and then those were my my rereading of the whole yeah. story. And then just last night before we started, of course, before we're recording, I pulled them out again and they're good condition. Oh, nice. they, the, everything looks so pretty in these. But this is I pulled this up to get her to get Kate. To, I'm jealous to to look at yeah. this. This very it looks we're, great. we were talking about like grieving and the end of this. The colors they go with. It feels very like he looks like stone. Let's just call it out, like which is sort of a callback, uh, a call forward, or a, a throw forward to the end of this issue. Yeah, and he truly the color he makes him look like stone. I mean, there's a little bit of life in him in his eye, but it's oddly enough the eye on the cover is colored sort of like the green of the dragon, which is interesting. It's almost like suggestive. Definitely doesn't go that way, but. But then it also has the dragon popping out of the top of the tower with the big yeah. crystal captures. There's so much here that's very cool. And I don't know. It seems like, I think if you saw this on its own, you might think it's just sort of like a, a straightforward, not, I'm I'm not even going to be, I'm not trying to be rude. I'm just saying this cover doesn't, on its own, seems like not um, special like others. But I think if you're reading regularly, when you see this cover, you know.
1: Oh yeah, you know the imagery of here. You know the like, prison that the dragons are being contained in in some other realm or part of the universe uh you kind of we've seen that since the first issues of hellboy the image of the dragon that we've also seen from the first issues on rasputin's cloak and then yeah to see hellboy in this totally like washed out uh he's super pale uh <laughs> we'll see that you know he's like ashen he's got like a he will tur- basically turn to ash and shatter by the end of this issue. But, you know, whether you know exactly how he dies, to see him looking like pale and pasty, he looks like a corpse. He looks yeah. like he's dead. So if, you you know, as a, as a reader picking this up, you're like, oh, shit. Here it is.
0: Yeah, you're, you're almost- You
1: pick it up and it's like, this is bleak. He looks like a dead body.
0: Yeah, where are we going? Yeah. Uh-oh. This isn't going to work out like I thought. And
1: he's in the forefront too, you know? It's like not a big, he's not, he's not like punching the dragon. It's kind of like, it, it's a, It's because he's at the center of story at the story at the end of it. So it's nice yeah. to have him at the forefront in- on the cover,
0: I, I'm with you there. Yeah, uh, let's get into this bleakness, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, let's get it. it. Starts with a family of four being destroyed by a bolt of lightning,
0: which also immediately, when I I was thinking of like the last episode when we covered this, yeah. the Fury, I was like, I kept saying like, oh, I think the lightning's sort of on a different realm. It's just attacking the uh the landmarks not people and i was like immediately in the moment this issue it's like you were wrong dave that (laughs) or or that or it's a progression i'm gonna go with the progression just to side with myself a little more it's like
1: leaking into (laughs) this human realm i mean they get
0: decimated yeah (laughs)
1: yeah they get fucking zapped into oblivion just like bolts of like thick crazy bolts of lightning coming down and just destroying (laughs) cities and all of its people as the dragon sort of Continues its evil monologue in Hellboy's head,
0: which I think it's. It, what's interesting is it's not even a continuation; it's a re- repetition, which I found yeah. very interesting. And I don't know. It, I, I found it, it didn't. It didn't find. I didn't find it repetitive. It just felt like he. It's like what else does he have to say? You know.
1: Well, that's the thing. It's like well, that's the thing to repeat it is good thematically because it's yeah. like the message of it is that I am inevitable and I, you know, this destruction of the world will happen and then it will be renewed and then destroyed again. This idea of it repeating, you know, the dialogue repeating is sort of a, is like a way to manifest that uh, theme. Yeah. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Totally. Like the idea of this repetition is, is part of it. So I think that it totally works. And yeah, we see like this big, you know, drag out fight. Hellboys grasping onto the dragon's nostril here to like gain <laughs> leverage to punch. I thought that was fun. You I get love a nice it. boom. That was really cool. Um I like this kind of streak of fire that's following like it's almost as though like like when you see like a flashlight on film or something like that, like yes. this ling- lingering light. I thought it was really cool. And yeah, Hellboy's just getting tossed around. He gets fucking fully crunched by the dragon, <laughs> like in the torso <laughs> oh, oh. and tossed and then stepped on. And the dragon lets out like a victorious kind of howl and lightning is emerging from the real like Agdru Jihad's like prison in the background you know and it seems like that might come it might you know infiltrate our world there's like swirling sort of like ethereal mist around it and stuff and it seems like the veil between this universe and that one is becoming thin
0: yeah and i mean there is we'll see in the end where how it all plays out but it is like very like archetypal tropey in a good way of like this final battle of like we're really we're coming in on the down point for hellboy
1: yeah, Ooh, it's like it's like iconic themes. Yeah. really is like uh, what Mignol is going for, like a classic-looking dragon. He'll he kind of talks about it the sketchbook at the end where he wanted it to be very iconic of like good guy versus evil dragon. And yeah, I think it totally works and is really cool. Yes. Um, we see the the bartender from the inn leading Alice through the field of bodies, the like wreckage from this war. And Alice immediately is like, you're Queen Mab. Why didn't you tell me? We heard you were dead. She says, I am dead, girl, dead and gone. <laughs> so I guess like her is depleted, like she's effectively dead, right? Like she can't right. influence this world anymore. She's just there. This is like a remnant of her that's like instructing Alice or talking to Alice and, and talking us through what's happening, which I thought was cool. You know, it's like this like lingering magic that exists. In this person, or you know maybe she's being like used as a mouthpiece for Mab or something, yeah, either way, I'm totally fine with it, and <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So she's like, she's like, yeah, you know, I thought Hellboy might be able to stop it, but he he can't like look at it. It's already spreading. It's going to spread throughout England. It's going to spread throughout the world. Out of the ashes, a new world will rise. And that's Ragnarok. It's just the beginning. There's a beginning. There's an end and then there's a beginning. And Alice is like, no, fuck that. And starts to like run, tries to run up to Hellboy to, like, help him, you know? And Mab is basically telling her, like, yeah, Ogdru Jahad is going to break out of his prison soon, and Hellboy's buying us, like, a little bit of time. I really love this panel of Alice in the foreground running towards us saying no, as Mab is saying time enough for his friends to do what they must, and we see these, like, big towering figures of Liz and Roger and Abe.
0: Yeah, I find this a beautiful panel.
1: It's really cool. And I was like, oh, I wish I got to see more Figreto doing these other characters, too, because yeah. I, I really like his versions of them.
0: Especially Roger. I'm like, whoa, Roger looks so badass.
1: <laughs> he looks really cool. He looks like very, you know, I think Roger's like an easy character to make him look silly or something. But, you know, I think he's executed really well here.
0: And I think it's I, I don't know what your thoughts, but I was like, this is interesting that Roger is even in this trio because at this point he's gone. Yeah, he's dead. And, like, there's a part of me in reading this along with BPRD, I'm like, yeah, I understand, like, Abe and, and Liz, and they, they're continuing on. But I'm like, having not read all the BPRD and all of that, I'm like, is Roger going to come back or does, or does what he I think had- for
1: me, it's more of a, it's like a reflection of the time that Hellboy and BPRD had. In the years leading up to this where it's like, it's like, you know, we were kind of buying time for all of for the last like couple decades. Right. Like it was sort of like Hellboy bought humanity time for, you know, for his friends, you know, who are like one of which is now dead. But it's like a kind of a it's like it's like a statement about the last like many years as opposed to like Roger's going to come back or something like that. I think you're
0: right. I think you're right.
1: So when the new world comes, at least the spirit of man will survive. But then, as she's running up, we see
0: who um, this is—Edward Gray. I, 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 the, I can't remember the moment where we actually confirmed that. But this is, and we might have not even had this confirmed yet for us as reading in the order we are. But that is Edward Gray and his like his form on the other like part of the 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 the, the other realm, not earthly.
1: Oh. Okay, and I,
0: I I'm sorry if that's spoiled for you, Kate. I just think no, that, I just don't to clarify, like, like at all because
1: it's fairly. I, I
0: just can't I can't dead remember dead in the head. I can't remember in the timeline that we're reading, which is, uh, if they've revealed that or yet, but it just to give it a little more context, like this mysterious figure is eventually, if if not already revealed to be Edward Gray.
1: Okay, cool. No, I like knowing that because uh, at first it was like, oh well, we got another. Like for a second, I was like, <laughs> this is this another version of Mab or another? version of Hecate or something like that. I wasn't quite sure. But that's fine. I'm happy knowing that.
0: Luckily, he only says hurry.
1: (laughs) Yeah, hurry. He looms there for a couple of panels and then says hurry along. And then Hellboy, while he's being stomped out by the dragon, this like huge claw smashing him, like, you know, Ugh. points of the claw going into his flesh. Vasilisa appears to him. Vasilisa, hey, kid, how you doing? <laughs> you know, I, I love that line.
0: Yeah. The yeah. the nonchalantness, like the, the understated yeah. nature of Hellboy, even in this dire situation right. with his blood cl- just draining out of him.
1: <laughs> yeah. And he said, you know, they're kind of talking about like, oh, you told me there wouldn't be much pain and there's not. And Alice continues running up. Vasilisa is holding a crow, and as she holds it, it turns to seemingly to, like, stone or metal, and then it turns into a sword with a crow at the hilt?
0: Yeah, I would call it the end of the hilt. I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a swordsman and know the, every part of a...
1: I'm not a sword doctor, but <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And then as Hellboy grabs it, it turns, like, this, a similar kind of, like, gold color as Excalibur. So I guess it's imbued with some kind of like dragon fight and magic in my mind. I was like, the change of color is significant to me.
0: Yeah, and what I love about this moment, particularly in Mignola's in writing, is that this is a classic, we've talked about this, this is a classic like through for a final fight, right? It's the down moment. Now he's getting something to save him, right? Yeah. And we would think that this would be the turning moment where he'll win. And he does to a degree, but like... I think this is our first hint that it's not going to end well, no matter what is that after he takes the sword and it becomes real and this gold, she's in tears of uh, Vasilisa says, I am so sorry. And it's such an yeah. odd moment to say, I'm sorry. It's fully. like all of
1: this fighting and pain, you know, you're still going to lose or die. Yeah. Maybe I, not lose, but die. And then, yeah. And I think like, this is such a great, couple of panels that I'm glad that they that Figreto and Mignola chose to kind of linger on him on this transformation like we we saw this great transformation with the dragon for the last few issues and this kind of quick relatively quick or subtle change between like from like so you have like the crow like this kind of leftover thing from like Morgan, like bob De- like all of the like yeah three version three crows three versions of this like war god that nimue had turned into mm-hmm. you have vasilisa turning that into the weapon that will help hellboy as hellboy grabs it his blood you know it's like anointed in his blood kind of a thing we've seen like similar kind of themes of like an- blood anointing the Hedgehog creature earlier in the story. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like this blood is changing. It's all, it, and it also makes me think of like a mm, like alchemy kind of a thing, like turning something to gold. Like his blood turning this uh, sword into some magical dragon killing effective weapon kind of a thing. Yeah, and it, um,
0: and, it, and it, it harpens back to when we saw, and we'll get a call back later on about it as well as his blood growing lilies, right? Yeah,
1: so. yeah. Uh so yeah that that's that's a great page. That's really cool. Uh-huh. And he swipes immediately, swipes at the foot of the dragon. The dragon wow, like screams out in pain, fires erupting everywhere, explosions. Alice is almost fucking taken out on the staircase. <laughs> so this fight's not over. Hellboy starts stabbing. You stab like this like impact kind of like slashing and impact uh splashing of the green blood coming out of the dragon (laughs) is really cool yeah he's just like stab 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 i like i like the like ribs and everything this like sinewy kind of like muscle of the dragon too i think that looks cool yeah i do too yeah so hellboy's fucking murking him he's really stabbing him a hundred times the dragon falls gasps out some fire from its chest
0: yeah i feel like it hits the heart and then the fire bursts from it right
1: totally And it falls down defeated. It's like, you know, extinguished. This like flame in its chest is just a smoldering hole. (laughs) And its face isn't even revealed in the final, like in the last couple of panels. It's like sort of obscured. At the bottom here where Hellboy's falling and then it's completely off the page, like, or off the panel with Hellboy's kneeling there pretty much, you know, victorious over, <laughs> over And then he turns to look at Alice and as he turns to look, we see like slightly more smoke and mist or something coming out of the dragon's wound. And as Hellboy, Alice warns him to look back, turn back around, we see Nimue in this like spirit form as she's completely like white, with the blue glowing eyes, and she's like, "Yeah, if I'm going to hell, you're you're coming with me."
0: Uh, well, my my favorite line from her, which look, yeah. is like a setup for a visual that's about to occur, is yep. right now five hundred drowned witches are clutching at my heels. They have me. They're dragging me down. But yeah. if I'm bound for hell, like just oh, I will not go alone.
1: <laughs> no. So good. And this is a the great the sort of uh, silhouetted version with like minimal little like etch lines to show like it just gives her like a really like otherworldly feel yeah and we see baba yaga in the background there she reaches in for the heart and edward gray yeah i believe that is edward gray and alice of course and we see the crow flying by too for this kind of like thematic thing. Hell has cowboy drops a sword. It's transform. It transforms back into the crow and flies off.
0: Yeah. I really love this, this panel of her in his chest. Yeah. Because Edward gray and Bobby Yaga are just observers. Like they have no yeah. real emotional like expression. The crow of course is rad with the blood, like the blood that was on this, like off of it, like what yeah. would be on the sword is flowing off of it. But then, we have in the corner. I love that we have Alice with so much expression in this moment. Yeah,
1: yeah, she's devastated as like a as a human being with a human relationship to Hellboy. She is going through yeah serious grief, and she's gasping and like yeah. And these other ethereal kind of characters, these like fairy creature, legendary characters, uh, are sort of seeing this as like inevitable. Like it's been foretold in some way or another, and now it's coming to pass. So they're just, like, watching it happen. I also like this non-emphasis on the weapon. I think it happens, like, we've kind of talked before about, like, how he got this gun from fucking Lantern of Liberty. Torch. Torch of Liberty. Torch of Liberty. So he gets that gun from Torch of Liberty, and immediately it gets like lost, right? Yeah. He has the <laughs> yeah. he has the holster still, but he doesn't have the gun. Yeah, like he doesn't have a big baby or whatever in the comics. Or the Samaritan
0: there's, in the movies. Yeah, 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 There's
1: no like emphasis on the weapon as being the 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 real key. It's it's more about Hellboy, and and he'll use whatever tool yep. becomes available to him, and yeah, and he kind of imbues it with this like specialness rather than like some just some mythical thing
0: yeah or anything like if i can just get a whipping on my hands that will solve the problem it's really him you're 100 yeah. right
1: yeah it's it's the struggle with him at the end of it
0: she pulls his heart out i mean i love the, <laughs> the simple white silhouette of her yeah. hand holding this very detailed thick like you can, you can feel, you see the mass, and you can see the weight yeah. of Hellboy's literal heart. <laughs> yeah,
1: and it bursts into flames. His chest is flaming as as he falls back, becoming paler. And as he hits the ground, he becomes ash. His uh, left hand is the last thing that we see, kind of crumbling away. His like human hand, you know, his uh, and that's crumbling away.
0: Oh, his last bit of humanity, just that hand. Yeah.
1: Wow. Alice screaming, "No, Nimue!" holding up the heart and it kind of like floats up and then down to hell. I'm assuming Nimue is falling down into the flames.
0: I let's stop for a minute. I think this is one of my favorite panels. It's really cool. In this issue is her in this pile of 500 witches.
1: It's super like Dante's Inferno. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah, it looks really great.
0: And then I love that that is accompanied with the, the panel on top of that panel of her falling in the flames.
1: Like, yeah. Wow. Oof. But yeah, her last act was to fucking rip Hellboy's heart out. And yeah, speaking of the holster, there it is lying on the ground, like the last thing kind of left of Hellboy. Ooh. And yeah, now he's just a fucking smoldering... Hole on the in the ground next to the slain dragon. Alice up here at the top of this tower, and then it cuts back to Morgan Lefay's like sort of chess like uh, war pieces. Yeah, that have been set up, and the Hellboy piece is destroyed, is like totally crumbling with like blood pooling and. Uh, kind of streaming away from it.
0: Yeah, and Morgan Lefay is gone, but Death—they're like, like yeah, the Death figures <laughs> still there, still
1: there, watching. Uh, complete grief and uh, uh, despair that comes over Alice when she opens her eyes. She sees that she's in the inn where they were previously, but now it's completely overridden with like cobwebs, and it's uh, you know overgrown with all kinds of detritus. I, I, everything is, like, it's been abandoned for years. Yeah. Pictures are hanging off the wall. The only thing we see is Mab's crown sitting on the counter. Yeah. Uh, Like, on the bar.
0: And she has a real ugly cry, which I love.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just totally sobbing. And then we see, like, from the outside, it's completely, like, destroyed, too. Like, the inn was, like, magically revived for the night before, and now it's back to its, its, like, actual state of total disrepair.
0: Yeah, and I really like that it's sort of similar. I don't know, I don't think this was intentional, but it makes me think of like him drinking with ghosts and yeah. stuff and then it's like, oh, he's ha- it, so. it looks fine and then it's like but that had a little more of like a like had like fun to it. Right. When we read that, like he's drinking with ghosts and then you reveal their skeletons that you're like, Oh, that's fun. Or even the guy that I I can't think of his name. Well, that's like a little
1: primer for you to, for the reader to be like, this can happen in this world where it appears to be one way, but that's like the, the other, these like, otherworldly beings making it appear that way to either Hellboy or humans or whatever.
0: Yeah, but this time the reveal has no fun to it. It's so dire and it's just, it's the end. It's like-
1: The color is like sucked out of the world. Like the forest (laughs) just looks dead. And like, there's kind of like an ashy gray to everything. We see Morgan Le Fay approach Grauguk and say, you know, I like you. I'm going to take Merlin's curse off you. Come with me. And then we see- Merlin from his grave, going Morgan, like, <laughs> pissed off at her for interfering with his punishment for Graga, but she's, she like snaps her fingers and he falls from the noose, and she says, "You'll have to come with me now. Where you know." where such as you and I must always go in the end. And then that's kind of where they leave it. So they go off to, you know.
0: It really makes me think of the end of, like, Lord of the Rings, where they just, like, get on a boat and go. Yeah, where they go go. to the island. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) They go to, like, where the elves go to, like, retire. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, I guess.
1: (laughs) Where they're like, "Ah, I've lived for 8,000 years. I'm getting tired. I'm done. (laughs) Let's go to Elf Florida.
0: So that's where they were. But, they uh, went, Morgan yeah. Fan and went to Elf, Florida.
1: That's right. <laughs> you know, to wherever, to this other, to probably some like little place away from humanity that uh, where fairy folk go to live. And yeah, we see just the fucking fallout of the lightning and the monstrous creatures ravaging through London and through different parts of England, just uh, ash and oh. smoke rising. Total destruction. Big Ben's fucked up. <laughs> you know. <laughs> and then down on the street, underneath a bunch of debris and rubble, it from far away we see them at first and then it zooms in. But we do see the lilies where um that we've seen before where, where Hellboy's blood fell. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, they're they new life growing out of the ending, right? Like new life growing.
0: Yeah, it's harpening back to what Ragnarok is really supposed to be, which is an end to an an end that begi- begins again, right?
1: Yeah. And then we have a, the Mignola-drawn epilogue. Yeah. Where he kind of is like, let me answer some of these questions right now so I don't even have to <laughs> wait for some nerd comic Which, by the way, is
0: shit. not in the original print. This is an edition oh, he added shit. later.
1: When was this published, then?
0: The, epi- the epilogue? The epilogue? Ooh, good yeah. question. Let's.
1: That's a good question. Because then he did have to wait for uh, nerds to ask him all these things. And he was like, I better... Put make this. I better put let's this together. see if
0: I can figure out.
1: Yeah, let me look up the Fury epilogue real quick too. Let's like put a pin in this and so this is the Osiris Club, right? That's who this I believe is. it is. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh yeah, that's what this says. Okay. Yeah. So in the epilogue that Mike Mignol is drawn somewhere in France, we see the Osiris Club, and there's like a right in the center we see a nice bright gold inlay of the lilies, and and it really stands out. Obviously, because it's dead center of the page. And there's only like two other small little things that are this a similar color. This like little window where the Osiris Club is hanging out in this mansion in France. And then the like orb that the woman from the Osiris Club is holding. Otherwise, it's like a sad blue green, <laughs> yeah. Pur- purple, kind of everything. Middle of the night, but also like a sad feeling. And they're kind of talking about what happened. So it would appear that Hellboy was not the king who was, uh, whose coming was foretold by the spirit Larzad. Impossible. We were so sure—the hand and all the other signs. Well, I never believed he was the one. Liar! <laughs> you did. I love that little interaction. Yeah. And he—they explain the sword. He's like Hellboy's holding the sword that we talked about from the from. final issue of the fury they said like what's up with that and they straight up get an answer from this uh, uh from this woman in the osiris club it was one of the three ravens that made up her helmet it was that part of nimue that was still human that hated and feared what she had become so there is some good even in the worst of us it's a comforting thought so yeah there's that what became of hellboy's right hand it's his burden to bear he wears it even in hell so he's in hell He's around. He's kicking around. Yeah, Excalibur went back to the ages. So, so like, don't even worry about Excalibur, basically, is what <laughs> Mignola is saying. It's, like, gone to humans. And Agdjah Jihad still lives. And the piece that Hellboy fought this dragon was only, like, a small piece that made it to our realm of existence. The thing itself is wounded, but it still lives. So it leaves it open to, like, more stories in the future so they literally say so the future the future of england is decided transformed like that dagger by hellboy sacrifice and blood all else is a mystery and just have the little lily at the end saying the end but the lily is there obviously being like yeah but not really like i can do another story whenever i want and like with endings come new beginnings and all this stuff (laughs)
0: yeah
1: like i don't I don't, th- I don't think it's like that cute. I think it's like cool. I think it's done in a cool way. Yeah, I
0: think it is done. It is handled in yeah. a cool way. I think you're probably partially right because I, I finally figured out this com- This came out March of 2012 when the f- issue originally dropped in August. It's
1: like months after, yeah. Like and
0: probably with the season. collection it, he added it. It does, yeah. he does it very, like, skillfully, but it does feel like he's answering a lot of dumb, like, like people going, I don't get it. Like, where'd that, ra-? like, even the, even the having to address the yeah. raven, I'm like, hey, go back and reread it. You can figure out that that's only two ravens fly out uh, and go, like, have the dragon imbued in them, and yeah. that one's left. You can sort of figure it out to it's a degree. Like, yeah,
1: it, it's yeah, it's kind of like the thing of, like, some of the details aren't really necessary to the story, and not knowing them helps the story like if it helps move the story along faster to not get bogged down and like where did Excalibur go like who cares we see that we see what happens you know
0: yeah and
1: Excalibur (laughs) didn't matter in the end like it was a tool for Hellboy to get to where he was right a
0: tool that he actually got to give that ended up in somebody else's hands
1: right right
0: and then also this whole part about the future of England and all this is very funny because to me I'm like Listen to what Mabe says in that like her bartender form. She tells Alice and us that Hellboy is just holding off Ogdru Jahad for a temporary point of time. Yeah. Is he's, not, he's incapable of stopping the Ragnarok from coming.
1: Because the idea of it as <laughs> like the idea of the dragon as this physical form of time and just like decay and yeah. destruction and eventual rebirth. It's like, yeah, then it is inevitable. and. You can't avoid it.
0: Nope. That's no it. way.
1: So yeah, I thought the I thought that was cool.
0: I agree. I, I I think he did a skillful job of having to clearly like what his editor told him needed to be addressed from fans. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What an ending.
1: <laughs> it makes me want to read BPR. I wanna like be like, where's BPRD?
0: Full disclosures. I mean, I've been sort of just Plowing through a lot of ahead of after our hell hell on earth. <laughs> yeah, I just can't. I just want to keep reading and f- finally, like, officially know where it all went. <laughs> Not just Hellboy. Yeah, <laughs> as being you know the Hellboy fan that doesn't know all of it. <laughs> wow, I just think this is a powerful final finale for yeah. for it. I know there's Hellboy in Hell that comes after. Even in the issue of this, it advertises next year. Hellboy boy, hell is coming. So it's like, oh, there's more. Yeah.
1: But but it's a satis- It's satisfying to me to be like, okay, he, he did it, but... There's more. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm fine with that.
0: And he couldn't stop it. He couldn't, like, that's been the whole thing, right? All these monsters telling him, you're supposed to be this. He did stop him being the tool of that to a degree, but he didn't right. stop. He, he's not the end all. And it's interesting. I don't know. I, I, I'm going to have to continue to read the mythology. The dragon's going to come regardless of his right hand of doom, which is interesting that it's like his, they seem like they're two separate things. One is, you know what I mean? Like It might yeah. even be that his right hand of doom is not part of Ragnarok. It's just yeah. a different event that could occur that people are saying you need to go through on. I don't know, maybe I'm interpreting that wrong, but it's very fascinating to me.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I know like it was almost like described as a key or something earlier in the series. It's interesting to see her just say like, oh, he's, what the fuck does she say? It's like his burden, his burden to bear. He wears it even in hell. So yeah, I don't know. I, I, I am still curious about how the right hand of doom fits into stuff, but like not in such a way where I think I'm like, Angry at this story, you know what
0: I mean? Yeah, totally. I think, I think, I think this is—I don't know. He's just Mignola's really showed how skilled he is once again, of not just giving us a thing where it's like, well, he'll just cut it off and he will be done with it, right. and that will, and and then her, everybody's victorious. He's denied his destiny, right? He's not—he's yeah. not become the harbiter of, of the apocalypse, but therefore had to die regardless in order to make that happen.
1: Yeah, I just like I like a little bit of nuance where you don't have every answer. It doesn't have to be like just some little factoid of like, well, you know. Yeah, I agree. Because then it makes it again. It makes it less about Hellboy the character and more about a thing, which who gives a shit?
0: Yeah, yeah. Who does give a shit? Yeah. I'm more. I'm more tapped in through the characters anyway. The,
1: the, right. Like, that's the, that's what hooks you really of a, in a story. Is like if you appreciate the characters. Then you'll follow them wherever.
0: 100. Follow them to hell. We'll follow them to hell. Right. Yeah, I'm. I'm with you there. We and you. You will be reading him in hell. Yeah. <laughs> shortly. <after> yeah. This. <laughs> I will. I really love. There's something I just wanted to say when we were going through this. All of Hellboy's fights are chaotic, and we've talked about that nature of him because he's not like this. Like he's not parrying. He's not like this skilled fighter. He just. He uses yeah. his mass and he has a little bit of skill, but clearly unlike Abe Sabian, he didn't really listen probably that much. He was like, I right. got it. And then left to smoke a cigarette. Yeah. cigarette or a cigar. And that's what I love about his fights is they have this like chaotic, organic, like nature to them that you, but what I love and I think for greater really pulls off throughout this entire last battle and has always pulled it off. I never get lost and I don't lose a sense of the geography, even in this chaos. <laughs> like I, I think that's just a skill that, there's blockbuster movies where you can be like, what the fuck is going on? And yeah. this on the page is creating chaos, but fully letting me understand where he is at all times yeah. amongst this big monster. He gets yeah. thrown in the air and I'm like, oh, he's in the air now. And then, oh, then he <laughs> fell back into there. And then, oh, there's Alice. There she is. And things are crumbling. And <laughs> I don't know. I just think that's commendable to them to pull that off.
1: It's cool. Yeah, it's cool to have like these closer shots we get to see like details of the dragon but it get it also just like for the sheer scale to see how much bigger this thing is than hellboy i think it's really nice
0: yeah i'm with you there
1: um yeah it rolls i liked it a lot
0: <laughs> me too um do you have any favorite thing any moments or anything to pull out from this amazing final issue
1: i guess i'm like looking over everything you're fine
0: one of the i it's it's sad to say this yeah but what are you thinking it's sad to say this I think every moment that we see Hellboy in pain in this issue is just so marvelously done from the point where he gets crunched by the dragon.
1: Yeah, the, hey, kid, how you doing is probably <laughs> yeah. my favorite line. It's so good. Um,
0: when, he, when Hellboy, the dragon's on top of Hellboy, when he first puts the foot down on him, that f- expression on his face is just, oh uh, the pain. And then just, yeah, his pain when he says, I guess so, in his face that yeah. Regredo is... Rendering is, oh, I love it, and I hate saying that because it is watching our favorite character truly just in pain.
1: <laughs> yeah, but it's like the acting is good. Yeah, yeah, I love it.
0: Very good, wonderful.
1: I like it.
0: Um, any other final? Uh, well, let me ask you this: Do you listeners would love to hear from you, share your thoughts with us on this this final issue the of the Fury and the the end of the Hellboy. Line that started in Seed of Destruction.
1: Even if you disagree with us, you're allowed to disagree with us. Please. Like, I didn't like this part of it or whatever. Yeah, like, say Yeah, I want to hear what you guys think about it.
0: Please say your piece with us and share those thoughts by emailing us at awcrapahellboypodcast at gmail.com. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at a Hellboy Podcast. Please rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us. But if you go out of your way to go onto Apple Podcasts, you can give us a five-star review starting with the word boom, B-O-O-M. You know, there was a lot of booms in this final issue. So yeah. um, give, us, give us a five-star review with the word boom. We called that a boom review. And we will read your review right here on the show and give you all the love and praise that you deserve for that review. Yeah. Any final thoughts, Kate, on this this ending? I think it's a very emotional ending and so many, as you said, nuanced. And that's what I love about it. And I love that's why I love I think it gets quiet. I love how it starts so bombastic and loud, and then it gets quiet. Even t- with Nimue's, there's a part of me that I love in Nimue's like death. It uh, it feels like there's it's void of sound. It's like you pulled the sound out to watch her. Like, I don't think there's sound while these witches are climbing at her. I think it's just void and there's just like, oh.
1: That's cool. Yeah. It reminds
0: me a lot of like, remember in Thor Ragnarok, the movie, when they do the little flashback to a Valkyrie losing her love against Hela? That's what I would want this to be is in that, that, that photography. And that like, where it's like, oh love it
1: that's cool yeah man
0: any other final thoughts from you kate
1: yeah it's just uh i'm sad that hellboy died so far from his like friends at the bprd but i guess that's why you have to have them separate to be telling these two separate stories and that's why it's nice to have alice as like this human connection and showing a human relationship for hellboy in his final moments but yeah, that still made me sad. And especially seeing them like looming large behind Alice in that one panel, I thought was really effective and like just sad, just sad. The whole thing's sad. Yeah. But I but still I like that. That's it. It's I like It's it. good, sad. I get it. Yeah, good sad.
0: We haven't done suggestions in a long time, but I have one. I don't know if I've already suggested this or talked about, but this just the 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 accomplishment I think they've reached in it being like something that emotionally Turns you through, especially through violence, and then I don't know these mythical characters making you feel something, right? Uh-huh. Um, I really highly suggest seeing the Northman on the big screen, the new Robert Eggers movie. I want to. I really want
1: to. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll do that. Well, I'm going to a movie marathon
0: tonight. Great, enjoy that movie. But maybe today. tomorrow. <laughs> Whatever, we'll see it. But that's just my suggestion. Uh, what he, po- Robert I Eggers, pulls off it. feels visually what I would wanna. This at least at this point in a Hellboy series or a movie would. Feel very close to. I would. Wow. Robert Edwards is amazing. It.
1: Maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. Yeah, I fucking love like The Witch and all that stuff. Like, uh, he did The Lighthouse too, right? Yeah. I'm into it.
0: I'm into it too. I'm into it. I don't know if you have any other suggestions. If you don't, we can jump into the final segment.
1: Yeah. Sorry, nothing's coming to mind immediately.
0: What are you seeing at your movie marathon?
1: Um. That's the thing. Is so it's a new bev. Um, 90s horror theme marathon, but they don't tell you what it's going to be until you're watching it. That's So I don't know what what movies. It's going to be four movies at the theater (laughs) starting at at like 6 p.m. or something. Ooh, maybe. Yeah, it's going to be a long one, but it'll be good. Is there
0: anything that you hope shows up? Like if you had to pick one, if you got to choose one 90s horror movie that they do put up, what would it be?
1: Let me double check that this is a 90s horror movie before I say it. (laughs) Yeah, it's from 98. Urban Legend.
0: Wow. I love urban legend.
1: I love urban legend. I think it's such an underrated like movie of that kind of like of its kind, you know, Rebecca gay is so fucking good in that movie. (laughs) And yeah, I just love it. I love it. I love that stupid movie.
0: I'm going to go out of my way to rewatch it because I haven't seen it for years.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's the thing. It's like a, it's not, it's not like scream. Like you might've, seen scream recently right but like yeah probably haven't watched urban legend in a while I but haven't. it's like it's it's really good there was also this one like valentine's day or valentine or some shit that i've watched like within the last couple of years that so was actually pretty good oh it's just called valentine but it's from oh. 2001 it's not a 90s movie yeah it's like it's the same kind of vibe ah
0: i see yeah,
1: cool. they're not good movies. Don't I, I don't want people to think this is but, you know, I still like them. So, I mean, it's just my bad taste, but I objectively know that they're not like cl- a, a great classics. But to me, they they are.
0: All right. Well, that's it. Yeah. Well, I, I do hope that I hope that Urban Legends shows up on the screen today for one of the I would one of love your mini to see
1: that at Newbob, dude. I would I'll I'll scream <laughs> I
0: hope you get to scream tonight.
1: Thank you. I'll let you guys know. Uh, awesome,
0: great. I I mean, there's there's we could probably gush, continue to gush over the full issue of this, uh and all of, all of the work, um, uh, that led us here to the fury, especially Duncan Forgrado's work. But we don't have all that time. But we have one final segment for you, which I'm going to title called "One Hell of a Guest."
1: What? guest it's true
0: <laughs> it's very true listeners enjoy this interview that we had earlier today in our day of recording uh with artist of the fury of darkness calls the wild hunt the storm um midnight circus and much more of course um duncan Figredo. so enjoy this interview we we had the pleasure of having with you we just enjoyed yeah. a good time with him so enjoy, I hope you enjoyed as well
1: wonderful guy yeah I uh, should we even put in a time code of like hey if you want to skip right to the Duncan for greatness?
0: Like, hell no I'm not going to oh my god fuck them they're gonna listen to us first that's so
1: funny they're gonna skip ahead until they to the skip. audio change. let
0: them skip let
1: them skip
0: Hey, listeners, We are lucky enough to have with us um, Duncan Figredo. <laughs> Am I saying your name proper? Have we ever? Yeah. yeah. No, I'm still- yeah. No. Okay. You, you,
2: you guys got it right every time, as far as I can tell. Um, <laughs> okay, great. Some some people struggle about it, but I mean, you know, it, it's it's how it looks. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It probably isn't. I mean, for all I know, there's a, there's um, it's like there's probably a different way of pronouncing. I'm sure if you do it with the proper. Uh, uh, Indian going, um, inflective or whatever, then it sounds completely different, sure. And for Grado, you
0: know, <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. Love <laughs> it, great. Well, before we just want to 100% unabashedly just praise your work, um, Kate, you want to kick us off? <laughs> sure, <laughs> yeah, action, I mean, genuine questions, <laughs> yeah, sure.
1: <laughs> yeah, we absolutely love all of your Hellboy work and specifically your hands we always <laughs> gush over the hands that you draw in every issue that you've that you've done and I know I was listening to a podcast that you had done with Dan Barry back in
2: like 2015 make it and then tell everybody about it. podcast great podcast Oh wow how how was that because I, I, I never listened to it back and I know that he had lots of issues with the audio oh I think, I, mean, um, I mean it was fantastic I mean I'm not a super
1: stickler for audio myself I think the I mean the content of it was very interesting so I never at any point was totally <laughs> deterred yeah
2: <laughs> but I knew you- I was in a weird place that's in a bit of a weird place when I did that oh why, <laughs> why is that I can't remember I, I, I it's more of a sense of I can remember being in a bit of a weird place and you, just the feeling you know that thing where you start off it's like when you meet somebody if, I didn't really I didn't really know Dan that well at the time. Yeah. But you know that thing where you feel like you've started to talk to somebody and you've said, it's like you've said one word out of place and it throws everything else out of right. the <laughs> Yeah, It's like being on a, on a Zoom where you've got uh, lag. Or, or You don't really get lag on the Zooms, do you? It just freezes. But yeah. on, on when you used to do transatlantic calls, when you used to have lag, it kind of like it throws you off balance. And I felt like that all the way through. And the really frustrating thing with that podcast with Dan was, yeah. we carried on chatting for about, half an hour afterwards and that was much better <laughs> no you know i was probably just more relaxed and um we had it we had a it was it was a shame he didn't carry on recording and um oh. well, maybe he did maybe it's on there i don't know because i have not listened I will have
1: to <laughs> um, i'll have to email him and say release that extra stuff between you and duncan
0: because it was all i mean it, yeah.
1: you know i would never have guessed that because it felt very like the conversation was felt very natural and wonderful and like you guys had uh, covered a lot of your career. And I know at one point you had specifically said that uh, you kind of phrased drawing your characters as though they were like acting, like getting the best out of an actor. You sort of compared that. Do you find that with like with like with your hands specifically, they're so emotive. Uh, Are you like consciously Thinking of them, like at what stage are you? Are you like consciously trying to get a very like? Are you very looking for a very specific emotion out of them, or do you find yourself just going um, for a
2: general feeling? It's kind of all. It's all of a part in a way. I, I think it's. I don't think I separate them from anything else. It's. It's kind of like your obviously drawings don't move. So you you know if you want to move, suggest movement of any sort, no matter how it's not just the punching stuff, it's, the, it's right. the small, subtle stuff. Anything you can do to give a sense of a, a figure in motion. And it's kind of like that thing where it's like, it, you don't want the beginning of a pose and you don't want the end of a pose. Because they're, they're kind of, you know, I'm, I'm now flashbacking on reading um Astral Comics the Marvel Way when I was a kid. Right. And <laughs> and it's got a diagram of... Like the punch. Yeah. This part is bad. You know, the beginning part is bad. The end part is bad. Is, is bad, they're not bad. They're weak, but right. the bit in between, it's um, it might have been different with them actually because it's like it was all it's all big big moves. But it's kind of like it's like if you kept, if you get part way through, so it's like you're part you you're midway through motion. You feel and it's the same with so so it's not just like it wouldn't be just hands or anything. It'd be the way a figure's balanced on the feet. Try mm-hmm. not to unless you want them to be static. Try and put them slightly off center of their axis give a sense of the there's some sort of movement to them so i think I, I, you kind of subconsciously or i subconsciously try and I tr- I sub- subconsciously try that's a contradiction isn't it <laughs> um, but it's something I, I think i just i kind of automatically do it now and i probably i, I do worry about that thing of repeating it try not to fall into the same patterns but that's what i'll always tend to go for i used to have i probably talked about um I used to, used to literally act stuff out in the mirror if I wasn't yeah. sure. And I tend to do, I don't do that so much. I mean, having said that there's a mirror right above me there. It's like <laughs> one of those security mirrors you get in stores. So I can yeah. see myself on the my desk. I try not to look at it too much because it's really off-putting. But, you know, if I'm, if I'm stuck to something, I, I can quickly act stuff out in front of it.
1: That was another thing I wanted to ask you, of if, uh, as far as like references and things. Um, are you, yeah, are you tending to use your own reflection for a reference as opposed to pulling up an image
2: online? Yeah, I mean, I will do that. If I see something that's particularly useful, I've, I've got a folder of stuff on 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 Pinterest yeah. that I actually never look at. Right. Um, but <laughs> every now and then I will add stuff to it. And I think it's almost like the action of recording or saving something kind of like even if I don't go back and look at it it's kind of like i've looked at it and i've kind of logged it in my brain yeah and know that i can go back and find it and i'll only ever remember or think about looking about it but it's too late <laughs> and kick myself saying why the hell <laughs> didn't i look at that i do it a really dumb way i mean a really smart way to do these things is if you're really trying to be uh, you know would be to take your own photo reference so that you you're doing you, you you're set up to do stuff really specifically for your own needs but i found i mean i did try and do this early on in my career i um I did not so much taking photographs, but I I I I had a an early video camera, cheap video camera. Um, but it wasn't that cheap at the time. But sure. uh, I'd shoot I'd shoot stuff. This is back when I was doing Kid Eternity, I'd shoot a bit of video and I'd pause it and try and draw from the screen. The problem with that being the pause was it's jittery is hell you didn't get one image on the screen you got like every other image either side of it <laughs> and uh, everything all at once so you and you know the pause it wouldn't it wouldn't hold either it would disappear after seconds you know and i I'd never draw fast enough to get what i wanted so I, I gradually i stopped i stopped relying on it and i kind of i just relied on using a mirror and, and i'd spent some years some time while well, i was at college as well actually um it's the one useful thing i did i spent some time in my wilderness middle year uh going out into shopping malls um uh, the pub and coffee houses, or whatever, and just drawing people. Nice. Yeah, it was. It, it, got, it got it got me out of the studio there, and it it, it got me observing, doing terrible, terrible drawings. So the odd one or two of them were actually okay, but I'm, uh, um, yeah, it's it's amazing when you look back on these things. And you think you think, yeah, I really got something out of that. Let's see what I did. <laughs> oh man, these are bad. You're such a harsh critic of your <laughs> early work. Yeah, uh, I,
1: you know, same same with Mignola. I feel like every time I read a, a afterward or forward, it's like. Uh, <laughs> Just self-flagellation just completely beating yourselves up over art that is still you know in, in my mind I'm like oh well this is pr- still pretty good and you get to see like the development of your style yeah. over time it's nice to share does, does any yeah. of that
2: art still exist does do you have any of that <laughs> co- college work I've got I've got some stuff out of the um okay. and, I, and a lot of that I have to say it got trashed it, it really <laughs> was not it it was not viewable uh, it really wasn't i mean it, it was useful it, to you at the time and then <laughs> it's exactly that it was early pinterest it, it yeah. was it's exactly what i said about like that thing about saving an image and ne- not necessarily going back to it but the act of doing it the act of the act of looking and trying to try and get used to thinking in terms of people how do people sit down how do people move uh, you know, do, do mundane normal things sure. it was really useful and it's it's still useful. I still think in terms of those sorts of things. It's why I'll I'll I'll, um, I'll tend to populate if I can get more figures in. It's not because I have a desire to make life difficult for myself and um <laughs> and make more work, although kind of looks like that. And it's been <laughs> like that, right?
0: <laughs> Goes hand in hand. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, <laughs> I, you're. I just think. I mean, this is all encompassing everything you're talking about, but. Your rendering of emotion is the thing that really gravitates me to your pages. Like, I think you have a gift, like being very overly specific. Alice's ugly crying in the fury and other parts <laughs> is just oh, wonderful. And I'm like,
2: yeah. do you
0: tap into that emotion? I mean, I know you're just rendering, but like, do you ever uh, find yourself well. <laughs> in that place while you create this? Or how do you get there with your art? It's beautiful.
2: Well, you've, got, you've got to remember the point when uh, that's, that's a perfect example because that's exactly where I was. So I, I was totally there. And you got to remember at that point, I'd been on Drawing Hellboy for I don't know how many years, way too long because I was always too late. <laughs> and so that by the time I'm drawing her falling apart emotionally, I'm approaching the end of the book. I'm, I'm pen, uh, at the, the end of that third book, and I know you know I, I've, I've 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 already killed Hellboy, and and Mike made that hard for me because I had to redraw a bunch of that. So many times <laughs> no, I, I can't even actually it's all in, it's all in the library edition but going back and forth and this would happen every now and then we you go back and forth and I think in that case I think the example there is I just said Mike just draw the damn layout and I'm just <laughs> I'm, and because I know you've already got it in your mind stop trying to describe it to me just draw it <laughs> because if I'm do you I have to? Ever, and it's got to approach what you wanted. You might as well just show me. <laughs> and I did. Uh, anyway, so I killed Hellboy, and and I was I was distraught, I, and and that's how Alice was. And it's it's I'm not necessarily. <laughs> excuse me. I'm not great at sustaining likenesses all the time. Uh, that's that's one of those things, and I, I often don't spot it until after, which is a, a real frustration. But especially when you're uh, doing someone in an extreme expression, an extreme emotion. It's even worse because, as you say, ugly crying. There's there's nothing pretty about it. It's like it's it's, you know big, ugly, snot dripping, choking, and she's had she's had her heart ripped out as well. So that by the time she's sobbing on the stairs quietly, it's that's exactly how I felt, and I knew I had three pages left to draw, and I was so late and so (laughs) sleep deprived. (laughs) <laughs> um yeah, that was me that's a, that's <laughs> that was me. I love. Draw my eyes between the panels.
1: I never thought, you know, reading it, I it, it never occurred to me that oh, like uh, I guess I guess you're you're seeing it, so you're you're you can see it, the like a little detail that you can be critical of. I, I never looked at it and thought like, oh, the Alice is off the cal- character sheet or at this point or what or anything like that. I really just appreciate that there seems to be no stock expression or stock
2: like hand gesture or something in your yeah, in your work. I try. I try not to i mean i do there is something theatrical it is I probably do do stuff that's more theatrical than most people do and I, and actually this is one of those one of the main differences with Mike as well. Mike will do everything incredibly subtly, and it won't be just about the one panel it would be about the panels either side of it, right. and that's specifically how he tells a story it's why some of some of the ways um Sometimes when he's asked me to do something specifically with a layer, it probably doesn't work the way he wanted just because our artwork doesn't work the same way. So while well, his stuff is quiet and allows you to imprint the emotion, your emotion on it, you you've got enough there from what is drawn and how he knows the color is going to be used because he knows exactly how it's going to be colored, because it's in his head. He'll discuss all that in detail with um. With Dave, so he he knows you're seeing that pattern of color across the paint. As the as uh, you go from panel to panel, the colors will shift, and it'll reflect the emotional state. Or, or you know, it's a mixture of whatever. Me, I'm 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 acting for this uh, for the guys at the back of the room. Uh, I want to make sure. Can you hear me back there? (laughs) Are my gestures big enough? And I. So, so now you're going to go back and look at it and think like, this isn't subtle at all. This is this is as hammy as hell. No way, man. <laughs> oh, no.
1: I, every time I see
2: somebody like
1: holding a teacup or something like that, I'm, I'm like really blown away. I'm like, he really is giving <laughs> each individual hand its uh, its due attention. It's it's it's, re- it's really great. I
2: like I like drawing hands.
1: Yeah, I, it's <laughs> ev- that's evident because they <laughs> they turn out really good. They look like you liked to draw them. You know when you were doing them. And then I really liked it in this in the last issue of the Fury, you uh, you're in your depiction of Nimue as her like spiritual self, her like ghostly self escapes from the body of the dragon and rips out Hellboy's heart. Um, you <laughs> that's get this—that's great...
2: that's the bit that might make me redraw. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I mean, the end product did turn out really nice. You have like a silhouetted yeah.
1: hand though. There, like this, even in the silhouetted, it, it's mostly silhouetted at that point which is like yeah. a, a real departure from kind of how you
2: draw every other hand you know you have such distinct it is. detail and everything well mike you know how mike would do that mike mike he <laughs> just silhouettes so well yeah and and, and, I, and i wish i could do that and i should i should i should silhouette because a lot more often for one thing it means look, there's no detail you don't have to render <laughs> this stuff you get getting stuff done a lot earlier right like it would yes be- <laughs> exactly <laughs>
1: that I mean uh, I, that. I I love in the sketchbooks at the end where you do we do as readers get to see a little bit of the back and forth between you and Mike talking about just like little differences is specifically like the dragon he was kind of giving you sketches and everything uh, and I and I noticed like for for the fury your style like you didn't do like an ink wash at all like you would like you did on like uh, uh like midnight circus or something like that Because of, like, the gravity of the, this is, like, the end of the story, was Mike more specific with you than he had been previously on your
2: work throughout Hellboy? Um, I don't know. Um, Probably less so than at the beginning. I know. I did actually ask him, are you this specific with... Uh, Richard Corbyn, and and he's like, no, ma- Richard, Richard could get away with whatever he wants to do because like such a big fanboy. Sure, so and, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't dare ask him to. But he, know, he, he knows, he knows I'm a fan. So so he can make you do whatever he wants. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, he's. I always figure it's like with 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 Mike. uh, It's simply down to um, he's not going to ask for something for no good reason. Right. It's I've had arbitrary uh, changes from editors in the past, which have infuriated me. Of course, with Mike, for the you know, generally speaking, you know, you (laughs) can go okay, that that's fine, that's fine. Just you know, as long as you catch it in the rough stages. It's not such a big deal Like it serves the story more Yeah, yeah, yeah I'd rather, I'd rather I mean, for all the Oh my God, it's so late Afterwards After it's finished It doesn't matter I listened to the last episode Earlier, actually Talking about the the, 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 um, uh, the time it took Between um, the Storm and fury, You know, between (laughs) the two books And yeah, that was my catch-up time, basically (laughs) And it was just like... (laughs)
1: <laughs> but then when you see the final product, it's like, OK, as as a comic fan, you know, it doesn't matter. I think I mean, I at least I'm very spoiled because I'm reading it all. Together in these like compiled versions where I don't have to wait for a second. I can just I can just oh my God. go right through. Yeah.
2: <laughs> because, <you> know, <laughs> because here's the thing, nobody re- nobody remembers what it was like waiting for, for the island <laughs> when Mike was drawing it. <laughs> and it's something like you left Hellboy stranded on the island for, yeah. for six months or something. <laughs> and, and, and another three months under underwater in in the third wish. And um, but no, 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 it's me. I get I I get all the crap. But uh, you know, what do I know? I'm a hide hand. (laughs) Uh,
0: Well, i was oh, it's always been worth the. It would would have been worth the wait. I mean, I pulled out the issues. I think I left them in my office. But I pulled out the issues of the Fury last night to reread before tonight, or for today. And it's just, I was like, it's worth the wait. When I pulled it open again, I was like, this was worth. That's good to hear.
2: That's, that's good to hear. I mean, that's all. That's that is really all that matters. At the you know, when it when it comes down to it, does it does it? You no, know, no, no. Nobody cares afterwards, and um, nobody's making me redraw it now. So that's good. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you being such a fanboy of Mike's, what was that? What was if you can express like what was the feeling when you first got asked to draw Hellboy? Like, what were those first interactions? And like figuring out your back and forth with him,
2: it was. Um, I mean, there was no way I was going to say no, but I knew exactly what I was letting myself in for. <laughs> we talked. We talked a little bit before at conventions. I mean, there, there was a t- there was a time in in the distant past when um, I might have been doing a lobster Johnson thing way before that. A bit, I, it would have been uh, three or four years before. I wouldn't have been ready for it at all, anyway. Honestly, so I'm kind of glad that didn't happen. But yeah, I mean, I I knew the weight. I, I, I was aware of the weight because I knew what people, you know, I knew exactly how people felt about anybody else drawing Hellboy. Oh I had my own thoughts on the matter as well, you know. <laughs> so I knew what I was letting myself in for, but I couldn't say no. And I, I think I've said it elsewhere. It still holds true. Uh, it, the way the way I figured it was, I'd rather I'd rather draw because I think uh, because I figured that I'd fuck it up less than anybody else. <laughs> it, <laughs> In my mind, that's kind of how it went. I'm not saying it as logic, and that's the state of my mind. So I said, yes. yes. That's good confidence. You have the confidence. Yeah, I love it. Well,
0: <laughs> sort
2: of. you know, you did notice that I, I said, fuck it up. Um, that, that's, that's still very much in there. But it was, it was funny. I, I, I remember the first, first conversation with Mike about it after I said yes. He, he was detailing. He pretty much detailed um, the entire storyline to me uh, in broad strokes. I was a little bit worried at one point because he mentioned uh, uh, how we were going to get a sex life, and <laughs> and and he explained about Alice, and and I was thinking, geez, uh, I'm not sure how that's going to work. <laughs> I'm a little bit worried about that. Right. And l- luckily, it came down to 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 one kiss. Yeah, you you were worried about a Hellboy love scene at that point, where you're like, oh no. Well, I really, I really wonder what he meant. I mean, I should have known better with Mike. than he it meant it's like it's going to be implied. It's all going to be, and it's off scene, you know, off, off camera. Yeah, uh, it, 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 I think it's just it's it's a it's a sweeter thing than that, really, on the whole. And I think it works really nicely. Actually, I was really worried when it came to drawing that kiss, actually. I was worried it was gonna it was gonna take a lot of time to 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 nail that, but it actually came really easily. It just felt I think probably because I've spent so much time in their company that it just felt right, which yeah. um, is kind of weird. Because <laughs> can you imagine what that would? I don't I don't remember did did Selma Blair kiss Hellboy? I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I, I think yeah.
2: They, they smooch They smooch got a big away. smooch at
0: the end <laughs> uh, Yeah, I
2: don't, is that, and that must have been the second one, I guess uh, I, don't, I don't really remember it's, it's yeah. long time I think it ends there. with
0: a kiss, the first one Then, yeah, they smooch more in the second and They also talk about <laughs> how right. she's
2: she's pregnant at the end
1: of
0: that movie Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah I hope they would have been a different movie, wouldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> anyway But, you know, it's easier when you're Jam some latex on the guy's face, and it's like you've got something to aim at. It's uh, you know, and hey, look, that the Hellboy's got lips. That's all wrong. <laughs> yeah,
1: I was going to say that's that's thinking about him kissing. You know, he has such a stylized
2: mouth. It's hard to. How did you? Yeah, it's like a slab of granite. It's like yeah. a grindstone <laughs> or something. <laughs> You know, like like the, the corner of a counter surface or something. <laughs> Hucker I I sort of up. Think, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Hucker up. No, try not to cut yourself. Right. <laughs> but it kind of looks right. It, it, you it know, does. I was, I, I, was, I was quite pleased with that. So. It's executed very
1: well. And, and it comes across like that, like very much, uh, or his relationship with Alice comes across as like a quick little manifestation of his humanity, like him trying to r- retain some element of, of his humanity in the face of being, you know, potentially the key to the apocalypse. You got to have a little something to tether him back to humans to even make it relatable to the reader and everything. Yeah.
2: Um, I think, I think it works really well. That's good. That's good to hear. I think one of my favorite scenes to draw actually were, um, the shots of Hellboy and Alice wandering before they met Mab for the first time when they're wandering along through the countryside up yeah. to, to meet her that that was fun and and then after after when when she's come back to life or you know he's come out of his dream state or what whatever the hell's actually happened there <laughs> and 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 they're walking off down the hill and he's swishing his hasn't got the sword but he's swishing the stick around it's just it's just cute oh and walking through that town going up to the church and down to the church and so nice it's just mundane stuff yeah. Um It was hard to get him into that car. That was my wife's car. It wasn't really that beat up. But it, was, <laughs> it, it, was, it was, it was, it was the reference I had to hand. That's great.
0: That's amazing.
2: How how about for your, for your
1: like landscapes and stuff? Are you, is that a similar thing where you're kind of, the, you, you know, you've got like a backlog in your mind of references or just like walking around in walking around
2: your town. Yeah. I mean, some of it's, Yeah, I I, I do things a really dumb way. Um, And and this goes for the figure work as well. I will work stuff out in um, uh, thumbnails and uh, layouts drawn the same size as the printed page. And I will generally do it mostly without reference initially. So I've got an idea of how I want the action to flow across the page. Great. And I've got an idea of the backgrounds that I'm wanting. And it's the dumb way because what I should really do is find the reference that I actually want to use, <laughs> plan <Plenty> it around that. <laughs> because instead, what I've got to do after is, because you will never find just Googling image search. Uh, you would never find the precise thing that's going to fit where you want yeah. it. Kill that slope slightly to the left. Like, how are you Googling? That kind of a thing. <laughs> Put some dust cloud over that bit. Um, what what tends what he tends to end up being is how, um, for like that uh, that village, which is not a specific place. It's like an amalgam of of stuff that I had in my head and stuff where I've, I'll just hit Google Image Search and have a look at a few things I think might fit, and I'll just cool. meld this all together, and awesome. that makes it sound a lot quicker than it actually is. <laughs>
1: I'm sure it's all I mean, it looks time consuming. It's truly like, I mean, the fury is so awesome. It's just great. I love your depiction of Merlin too. this like, way that his hair and beard combine into this mass of kind of like bushy hair almost almost like similar to like ways that we've seen you draw, like foliage or like, like little bits of like trees or something like that. It gives him like this very old sense about him yeah he's he's he,
2: he's not a it's not a healthy look is it no <laughs> he looks dry he needs to be moisturized for sure that's exactly what he <laughs> yeah he obviously rustles when he moves
1: <laughs> rustles and creaks like old good yeah right he sounds like wind blowing through the trees or something which is like exactly the feeling you want for Merlin you want him to feel like that I, I, I just love him <laughs> And like these long overgrown fingernails from him being buried alive for what eons i I just think he's so great it, like the the interaction with him and Grauguk throughout the uh throughout the fury is one of the most fun things you, uh, like for your little creatures and stuff, obviously like this is a character that Mignola made. he has like such a distinct, especially like monster teeth, like the tusks and everything are so distinctly yeah. in Mignola is he like kind of being like this is how you draw teeth of my monsters or, or like how, how, how much like creativity did you get to have with these side characters and little demons and imps and things like
2: that? I just, I I think I, he just let me get on with it for the most part. I think, okay, cool. I don't think there was a problem with any of them like we I mean we always refer to, to him as a pig guy because Mike could never spell his name the same way twice and so, so so I gave up trying to learn how to pronounce his name so sure. well done for trying so but he was he him he was one of my favorites all the way through I mean he's such a tragic little idiot he really yeah. is yeah and you do you really do feel for him so so, so he was fun to try and to ring every last bit of sympathy out after after doing this monstrous thing, he, he was great. Him him and the little hedgehog guy. Love the hedgehog before he maxes out. Um, <laughs> but he 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 was just he was a terrific. I was, I was yeah. They they were kind of my favourite bits to draw. I don't. I'm not. I'm not a. I don't know. I was about to say I'm, I'm not really a monster guy or, a, or a creature guy. Or anything I suppose I just you just do what you need to do. Ultimately, when it comes down to it. I'd rather draw that than cars. Sure, I don't even drive. So <laughs> cars make no cars make no sense to me. But you know, like you can't make a car act.
1: Yeah, it's not a very organic shape no. that you can kind of add your own. I guess I guess you could add your own style to a car, but it seems like the level of like precision and things. I don't know. It's it's. No, I, I, I wouldn't imagine it's the most fun thing to draw unless you're very like mathematically minded or
2: something like that. Some guys are just into cars and they're like they really right. you not know, <laughs> get off on that sort yeah. of thing. They just <laughs> like it. Like like the fight scenes, they they enjoy doing the punching and stuff, but I've always I always prefer the um I feel much more comfortable just drawing the everyday stuff. And it's and, and working at the other stuff. It's kind of like, I figure you've got to be able to do the mundane stuff. Yeah. This has always been my thing. Do the mundane stuff, then the stuff that's when, when weird shit happens, you know, it actually looks weird next to the mundane stuff.
1: Yeah, it's um, a good foil for know. any of the yeah. any of the other things that need to, any of that. I, but I I I think your action in this, like when the little hedgehog creature does max out and attacks, all oh, boy, I think that that's done really effectively. <laughs> yeah. And Great. yeah, I, like you said, uh, like there's a lot of like mid action there. You can really see what you're talking about here in practice on the page. And just like, especially like Hellboy grasping Excalibur, like stuff like that, I think is like, that's where you get plenty of subtlety. I mean, there's subtlety throughout the fight scenes, but it's like, there's like a real touch of yours, this like delicate gesture that Hellboy has when grabbing Excalibur from the air. I think it's just like sublime, very good stuff. That's great. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You're welcome. Sorry, I'm. We're gonna try not to. We're gonna try to ask you questions and not just say we like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I am I
2: really, whole, really fun.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I also would love to gush because <laughs> going off of that, like, and gushing is the thing I love. And this is blasphemous to everybody that loves Hellboy because we all know, we all know, Mignola is the definitive Hellboy man to to draw him. Of course. Yet, yet, Duncan. For me personally, you are my favorite rendering. Like when you render Hellboy, it is my absolute favorite. Oh, well, thank you. And I think it is, and it especially works for this storyline, the end of his storyline, from Darkness Calls till the Fury, because we are really seeing him really double down on his humanity. And I think you bring that to it. Like your rendering him makes me believe he's more human than demons. And I just, that's how I feel about it. Like every expression you give him, I'm like, I feel for him more and more. Well, um, thank you. And so the loss is really like tear jerking once we reach it. That, it, that's really good to hear. I mean, I mean, that's,
2: that's, uh, yeah. I mean, if, if I've managed to sell that, then that's really great. I mean, there was, I mean, for me, there was, I, suppose, I mean, I didn't even think of it in terms of what the story was going to do overall when I took the job on. I mean, I I mean, how could I at that point? I mean, I was just still in, you know, brain not computing mode. Really, it was like I've said yes, but this is going to (laughs) hurt. It was, it was, it was more really just about trying not to, really not trying to break Mike's toys. It's like he'd set up (laughs) this world, and it's a world I absolutely loved. I spent a lot, you know, so much time reading and rereading Hellboy, and I just didn't want to. I just didn't want to screw it up. So you know. I, you know, I did tailor my art to it. I mean, nobody asked me to do that, but I just kind of felt like I had to to some degree and try to find like a middle ground between, not even a middle ground space, it's more like trying to find a way of doing what I would do normally with melding some of Mike's touches on top of it. So it felt like it still had a place within the same world. Yeah, it was, yeah. I mean, it was a big, it was a big story. Luckily, it wasn't quite as overwhelming as it seems when, when you read it, because obviously it had done over a number of years. So it was, you know, I, 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 I could have panicked incrementally over that period of time. I don't know. I'm, I'm just glad it works. I'm, I, I'm, I really, you know, I got in there, didn't screw it up badly. For a few bits, I would change. There always are. Sure. But, you know. I think on the whole, I was say, on the whole, I'm, I'm fine with it. I, I, I actually can't read it. <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is the bad side of it all. Um, I, I have tried to, I went back a little while back to, to read Hellboy through from the beginning of the game, the main storyline, and really enjoyed it, really enjoyed it. And I got to about halfway through Darkness Calls, and I just had to stop the game. <laughs> um, I mean, because it was just too—it was weirding me out too much. Yeah. It was, I, and I, I can flick through it and I can enjoy it, and 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 if I if I don't pause too long and I wince too much, that that's all good. But. Um, yeah, one day maybe I'll be able to go back and read it and just enjoy it as a story on its own. I don't know.
1: Well, it's like it's like how you hear actors talking about how they can't watch their movies or something like <laughs> yeah. that. It feels like... It uh, <laughs>
2: yeah, feels the same. I get it. You're
1: having a similar reaction. That's so funny.
2: Yeah, because you, you're not seeing what everybody else sees, everybody's everybody's seeing what's there, what you're seeing and experiencing. It's not just about that. I didn't draw that bit very well or anything. You're seeing all the choices you could have made or you knew that you discarded and wish you'd gone a different way with. Um, You're experiencing everything all at once. And it's it's messy and noisy. And I don't know how you (laughs) dissociate yourself from those. uh, You need some sort of, you need like a memory wipe. A couple of drinks helps, but it'll only, it'll, it'll only get you so far. Right.
1: Do you find just continuing to work, like if there's something that you're dissatisfied with in in something, even if it's a well-received thing like the fury, do you find just continued working on something else gets that, pushes that feeling
2: away? Or is that just kind of a, an eternal feeling? Um, <laughs> comes and goes either way, really. It does, honestly. Sure. I mean, the thing is, I'm not even safe when I'm asleep. I dream this stuff. Right. And, and, and it, and it all comes back again. It's the weird I had, I'm not sure I was drawing Hellboy in this, in this dream. It was only a couple of nights ago. And I was, you know, it was, I'd gotten notes in the dream. I'd had, I was working on this oh stuff. My, it, oh no. it was driving me mad. <laughs> of you course. know, it's like, you know, the dreams of when you're at school and it's like, Oh my God, i, I I've just woke up after three years and I've not done any any work or revised for these exams. And I had those for years. It's just, my, my mind hates me and it'll, it'll revisit every little detail. And it's, 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 it's absolutely crazy. So, and that's my, that's my unconscious mind. My conscious mind is no less kind. <laughs> I don't know. It's, yeah, it's ideally you just move on. Yeah. I mean, the worst thing is when you get fixated on something and you sort of end up sort of, digging in and thinking like i've got to work this out and you get stuck on something and it can you know if you've got any flow at all it'll utterly wreck it that that's that's terrible and i'm i'm pretty good at that (laughs) 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 getting sidetracked (laughs) yeah 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 i'll do I'll, i'll yeah and the trouble is when you get stuck on something like that it's rather than thinking okay i'll skip ahead and just you know keep on working i will it's like a roadblock i can't i can't walk around it I can't go over it. I've just got to keep smacking my head against it until, till it works. Sure. Which is not the way to deal with it at all, <laughs> but some, sometimes it's, it's just inevitable. I'm It's worked all, out pretty well for you. It's not too bad. Well, it's, like, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's printed. It can't, it can't, it can't change
0: that. it. Yeah. It's, it's all worked, done. <laughs> it's worked I know. out for us to get to enjoy it. For yeah, you yeah. maybe not.
1: <laughs> I, I know that you mentioned too, um, when you got your, this is back in like 2015. So let me know if this has changed a lot, but that you got your Wacom Cintiq and that had helped you kind of like revive a love for drawing. Do you end up using the Cintiq more than pen and
2: paper or like, how did you incorporate both of the things into your work now? Yeah, I'm doing both. I'm doing both. I I, I, I got Cintiq when I joined the MPH book with uh, Mark Miller and um, that was all digital all the way. And it should have made me faster. I I mean, I was really enjoying drawing on it and I enjoyed inking on it as well, but the trouble is on Cintiq, uh, it's like, because it's, you know what it's like, you're on a screen, you can keep zooming in yeah, and you you get lost in the weeds. Yeah, you just drive yourself crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's absolutely absolutely insane. I mean, all that happens is some dialogue goes over the top of it, (laughs) It over something which, you know, you realise you spent three or four hours on something which is the size of a postage stamp, and <laughs> and dialogue's going on top of it so well, that, right. that was a waste of time <laughs> brutal <laughs> but I couldn't have finished that book without Cintiq because um I, I had a cataract ca- excuse me a cataract in my right eye oh no and by the yeah. time I finished by, by the time I got to the end of the third book it was like uh, uh, most of my vision had gone from that eye it was just like a oh, cloud my god! A cloud yeah it was it was pretty annoying it was has
1: that been resolved
2: are you like uh did you have to have surgery or anything like that yeah yeah i I, so so the lens has been replaced and i've had the other one done since as well but the only way i could have if i'd been drawing that uh, um on paper yeah you know on our board uh, i really couldn't have seen you know i wouldn't be able to see what i was doing it was so distracting because so is my right eye you know it's it's like it's it always feels like my lead eye it's it's it was it was the good eye. Right, right. So I felt completely off balance while Ugh. I was drawing. If I was drawing on paper, which I tried, I couldn't really see what I was doing, but because I could zoom in on the screen, so the detriment was obviously it slowed me down as well, but I could actually see what I was doing at least. You could do it at all, yeah. Yeah, I managed to get through it. So that so yeah. that was good.
1: I'm so glad your eyes are better, thank God. I mean, that's I, that must have been a scary
2: time. Yeah, it wasn't great. Yeah, of course. Of course. So now I I will. So the process now is I take the script, I print it out. I'll reformat it so I've got a bit of space at the end of each page, and I I will draw little thumbnails on directly on scripts in pencil. And I'll um, I'm doing something at the moment where I've I've thumbnailed three books out, um, a whole lot of it. Um, that should make it faster. Strangely, it's not. But anyway, <laughs> and then I'll take I'll take those thumbnails. I'll I'll scan them. In fact, this, in this case, I just photographed them with my phone and just blew nice. them up on. Uh, and um, I pencil pencil the pages on the Cintiq. And again, I've gone in a little bit too much in detail because <laughs> I'm printing them out to ink them physically. I figured I'd prefer a little bit more rawness in the lines, uh, a little bit more of a the compu- computer's great, but it can take, uh, the way I was using it, it was kind of it was getting a little bit too slick. And I don't really, it didn't really suit me. Yeah, I like the organic nature of a of a pen and brush. So I'm printing out the pages now. i printing out the pencils and, and inking them physically and, and making a whole mess about it. I think maybe the next thing I'm going to do, I'm going <laughs> to do more like Midnight Circus now, and, and the way I do covers actually, which is I'll, I'll pencil it all out digitally and then print the pencils out. And then I'll I'll do watercolor washes over that, and and I think that'll that'll probably serve me better. That's fantastic. Wow. And if you ask me again in in a year, I'll probably do something else entirely. Say, <laughs> yeah, that was a dis- it was a disaster. <laughs> but um, you know you have to try different things. Um, yeah. This this uh as far as
1: like scanning, like if you find yourself doing a an ink washer, um, just scanning is scanning that back in difficult like do you find that it sorry I, i'm just thinking of like physically the paper that you're using on like if there's like a texture or something
2: are you able to oh, like, right. generally capture that with this with scanning yeah, it back in it's it's fine i mean you uh-huh. can you can muck around a little bit photoshop to if there's you know you can clean it up it's not too bad yeah i had a bit of processing to do with um when i was doing the pages for midnight circus but i mean it's it's it just felt more, the whole process just felt more organic. It was, it was something enjoyable to do, I think. It, it's, it really comes down whether it's suitable or not, as, right. as well as much as anything else. I mean, it's not going to suit everything. It's not. And also, it's, it depends on how it's going to be coloured. I mean, at the time when I did Midnight Circus, I wasn't really, it wasn't really clear how, um, how we're going to get Dave to colour that. His first pass, I mean, I knew that the inked pages would be coloured as normal. And I wanted the um the wash pages to to keep the more you know keep the quality the watercolour more right. and it, I, I don't think we quite got there with it but it, i mean it was it, it it wasn't bad at all, but what the initial coloring they did, it was it was almost the same it was much brighter and we, so we it, it, Desaturated that a lot. The problem is one with, with um, and I I, I um, I've coloured quite a lot of my own stuff now, my own covers with the with the uh, with the washes. It's you want to keep the. Is it, so I'm painting in grayscale and it has its own luminosity where the brightest part is the white of the paper. But if you colour that with a solid colour, then that brightest part is now no longer the brightest part. So you've kind of got to put another highlight in almost. So it's finding a way. So so often I'll, on on the uh, the Cubs I'll I'll work a little bit more digitally over the top of that as well, just to bring um. out any emphasis there. But you know, I'm not sure I w- I'd want to be coloring a whole book anyway. That sounds like a nightmare. That's like yes. Yeah, t- <laughs> a third time <laughs> and twice is enough <laughs> that's so cool
0: that is very cool is there is there anything that we can look forward to that you're that's coming up that you're yeah, like, you excited for and we should keep an eye out for there's nothing I can actually mention by
2: name because I don't think I'm allowed to sure uh, I've uh, okay. had a whole bunch of more stuff out but I am slowly working on something you'll probably like and I can't be any more specific
0: than that really can I <laughs>
1: totally understand totally understand. i like that
0: excitement now i just have to keep my eyes out
1: yeah we have something to look forward to so that's (laughs) enough for us reading between the
2: lines yeah right
0: (laughs) (laughs) and then that being said is there anything of your work that you love that looking back over your years like outside of hellboy that you were like i wish more people would look at this i mean i know that's a crazy thing but like that you would like for us and our listeners to be like go check this out i'm really proud of this work um I, know, I rarely think of my work that way.
2: <laughs> um, okay, that's
0: true. We found that over the last yeah, couple true. of weeks.
2: <laughs> I mean, I'm glad that anybody's looking at the Hellboy work. I mean, it's, of course they're going to be, because everybody's in love with what Mike did anyway. And I'm I'm, I'm really, you know what, I, I took, um, I got this through the mail the other day, and I hadn't physically seen one. Oh, wow. Way um, so, so much. Nice. And <laughs> and I turn it around, and I can see. I've got the biggest volume in there. <laughs> and I'm that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's great. <laughs> I was, I was, and it was nice because it's like, I thought, oh yeah, you know, I forget every now and then. And, I am proud of that. I'm re- you know, really proud that I got to be a part of the Hellboy. You know, and Mike still talks to me even after all that. <laughs> so, so, so that's <laughs> nice.
0: <laughs>
2: other work. What about other work? I'm really, uh, uh, recent stuff that's actually been, re- see, the problem is some of the stuff has not been in print. Uh, or it's gone out of print. But recently, um, the work I did with Pete Milligan, Enigma. So I'm looking to put my shelf this volume. Um, so during lockdown, I did lots of scans of, uh, it's, it's the, it was one of the first books that came out of Vertigo Comics. And it's completely different to Enigma style-wise. It is, oh, well, it's like an evolution of a style, really. It is, it's cr- It's crazy. It's hard to look at the work I did in it, but it's an amazing story <laughs> that, that Peter Peter wrote. And we got to put a whole bunch of um, back matter in there, so there's loads and loads of scans of pages and sketches awesome. and, and stuff. Oh,
0: that's amazing. And that's,
2: that's a great book. And that's it's like it's 30 years old, but it's what it's ahead of its time. Yeah. it really was it's still pretty much ahead of its time now <laughs> so i'm proud of that what else what else i can't even think of anything you know i, I mean the stuff i suppose i tend to think more like dude I, i'm i'm proud of the stuff i i got i got to do bits of storyboarding and stuff like storyboarding noah and i doubt to, I mean, barely anybody probably ever saw that film wait either. you
0: storyboarded for darren aronofsky's noah is that what you're saying yeah, I, I genuinely do like that movie. I think it like, really, right. Yes. Um, uh, I know it has a fourth act, so it's it's like its act structure is just different than ever. It was what my brain was ready for. So, my first viewing, I was like, wait, we're still going, but man, that <laughs> beginning of that movie is awesome. If you storyboarded it, <laughs> I think you might give quite a go. <laughs> yeah, I did
2: I did, I did. I did most of it. I did. I it's like I, I'd actually, it's what made Midnight Circus later. In fact. Um, wow. I was about Thirteen pages into laying it out, and I got a call from Karen Berger, who Aronofsky had recent, he recently—he not recently—he'd previously um, worked with Karen when his uh, one of his earlier movies, *The Fountain*, uh, that was published as a as a graphic novel first uh, with Ken Williams. And so when he 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 was looking for storyboard artists for um, for Noah. He contacted Karen said, so like, have uh, you got any suggestions? And she put my name up for that. So I kind of did a little audition for it. I didn't think it, I didn't even realise it. was. I thought it was just to solve one problem. But it turned out the thing that I ended up drawing was like an audition to work on the movie. Wow. Um, so that put everything back, basically. And Mike was very cool about that. Oh,
0: that's great. <laughs> it was, it was, a, that was a great experience. It was a bit of a weird one, though. I bet. I mean, I can't imagine, but I love the angels. You must have been a little bit behind the design of like the rock angels that fell and all that. Oh, okay. Well, no, this is the way they, I mean, the way I was drawing those guys at first, they look more like six armed, six armed
2: hulks or something. Because I, it was like not an awful lot had been designed at that stage. I was in right. there, they had some early concept art by Craig Mullins for the arc. And as gradually as I, I worked through it, I, they, they'd show me, st- they'd send me stuff where um, there'd been costume designs, or not costume designs even, there's more like uh, costume mood, mood boards. I mean, I suppose, and, and the early boards I drew, they, they, they were to, more to reflect. And uh, did about six weeks work on it and uh, Noah was going to be played by uh, Christian Bale at that point. Uh-huh. And then it went on hiatus when Christian Bale left uh, to do Exodus, oddly enough uh for Ridley Scott and um <laughs> I, I was left hanging around so thinking, uh I don't want to start drawing this comic again well not officially <laughs> I didn't want to officially be drawing that comic uh, that going back on Hellboy again because I'd have to be on the schedule I wanted to be free to do the storyboards should the movie come back up again right so I did carry on working on it but just unofficially quietly just thumbnail in it and amazing it was good i was it was kind of hard to go back to doing that book after uh noah um, it was great doing Noah. the story watches because it was the like these raw pen and ink drawings um there's still quite a lot of detail in them but um Compared to doing a comic, it was like nothing. I was he's drawing these crazy battle scenes with with the with the Stone Angels, yeah. like absolutely stuff. I don't even know how it compares. I've only watched the film once. I found it really hard to watch because all the way through I was thinking, "Oh man, that's what he meant. That's what he meant. That's what he meant." <laughs> I should really go back and do a comparison again. But yeah, after the freedom of doing really rough and you know rough and ready um, boards to going back to making the pages for midnight it that was it was a little bit like pulling teeth at first that said it's probably still my favorite hellboy work it's my favorite singular book because it's just such a perfect little story so complete and it's it's short gets the job done and it's got packs an emotional punch as well yeah it's great and it doesn't feel like it's ancillary it feels like it slots right in there, and it feels like Mike's got that, a brilliant way of doing that, like like retroactively fitting something in there make it seem like, yeah, this was planned all along. Of right. course it is. <laughs> yeah. And and, and <laughs> makes him look very, very smart in the process. Yeah, it's great. And it's, I, I love drawing Little Hellboy. It was, it, especially after drawing sad dejected, I'm not even gonna drink any more health uh, I'm just gonna lay here and die. <laughs> I mean that it was, you know, I got to draw this bouncy little guy instead of being chased by monkeys, even though I drew chimpanzees, but we'll skip over that. <laughs> yeah. We don't need thanks for not mentioning that. it.
1: <laughs> Never. Just yeah, just thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and oh, you're welcome. for drawing these at all. We really love them for however critical you may be of yourself. We're over here just <laughs> Equally, you know balancing it out <laughs> over the moon in love with them so just thank you so much and
2: yeah I look forward to whatever your mystery projects coming up are i yeah. can't wait to see them well thank you so much and thanks for having me on and uh, it's been fun it's good. Been good good good
0: <laughs> great. great appreciate right. that.
1: thank you again for for reaching out to like I, I think, you know, obviously we never would have talked to him if you didn't just like give it a stab. So hey. I really, and it took
0: two that. tries. Yeah, I reached out to him when we started his work. He was right at the time; he wasn't available. But I think he just knew. I was like, let them get to the end, and yeah. then he said yes uh, at the perfect time. Yeah, well, let's just quickly <laughs> talk about how wonderful Duncan Forgerito was.
1: Completely lovely man. <laughs> can't believe he actually went. So Dave texted me earlier this week and was like, hey, uh, do you have time for a phone call? I got to call you. This is like calling you kind of news. I thought it was. You were totally right. By the end of the day, I, I, like we were both working. And finally, by the end of the day, I was like, hey, what's going on? You're like, I Duncan Figueroa actually said yes to talking to us, and we were. Ast- I was like, "What?" <laughs> Astonished completely. I
0: uh, I was floored. I was so excited. <laughs>
1: yeah, and he was couldn't have been nicer. Totally great, awesome guy. Like, so generous with just how much he talks about his process, and especially working with Mignola on something like that was so interesting to hear. And yeah, yeah, and it's also very. I was telling Duncan this too. It's very like a relatable thing to be critical of your own art to a degree that almost sounds like you're being too critical, maybe to somebody who doesn't draw, but if you, you know, or, or, or whatever, like any kind of artistic pursuit, I think people can be very, very critical of themselves if they're not doing exactly what they picture in their head or something like that. And it's, it's, it's almost like a relief to see that even if you're a master, like Duncan Fogredo is, you know, that kind of feeling is just sort of in people. And it's, it's, if anything, it might just help you get better. A
0: hundred percent agree with you. Just yeah. to hear that and somebody that you revere go like, Well, oh, I still struggle with that, it's going to help you out.
1: Right. Where he's like, I can't even look at this book anymore. But it's like for me, I'm like, should I tattoo this on my back? <laughs> 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 you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, exactly. Oh hi. Yeah, yeah we're recording the normal episode. Yeah. We should be done by the eleven day. I just started squeezing. Maybe sooner. Okay. Sorry. Sorry, Kate. <laughs> uh, what'd you say? Are you mad at We're just at the top. Do
1: you leave
0: this in? I don't know if I'll leave this in or not. I don't know. <laughs> Can you hear everything? Wait, I can't in? hear you. Oh, I'm muted. I'm muted to Kate. There you go. <laughs> but she's asking if I'm going to leave all this in that she came in and interacted with me.
1: Are you like hawking and coughing? Yeah.
0: I, I am not. I don't have COVID because I. Got my no, te- I, I tested I for it. I assume it's
1: allergies. I, everybody's I think allergies it's are aller- so bad right now.
0: Allergies are bad, but also I think I might have a sinus infection. So Ugh, it's not oh like no, a virus sorry. that you spread. It's just in my nose. Yeah, that's me self-diagnosing myself.
1: You could be right. I, that's the thing. It's like you could get sick with something that's not COVID. You know, yeah. it's like
0: COVID didn't knock everything out of the way. Yeah. Um. But back to what we were talking about. Just a big thank you to Duncan just for taking his time out. To, yeah. to speak with us and as you already you've stated a hundred times he was just so generous with his thoughts and uh, just a gem of a man just
1: yeah lovely guy <laughs> just funny and like uh yeah so grounded,
0: grounded. <laughs> i don't know there's this. <laughs> absolutely
1: absolutely so you can see why like you know it seems like he and me kind of both have that air about them where they're just like seem like pleasant people who i'm sure like in making comics, I'm sure it gets very stressful with like deadlines and things like that. So you might, I, I and this is me just like thinking like for myself, when you get tense, it's like it's, you might get like short with people or something, but it seems like even on areas where they disagreed or like had different ideas for like layouts and things, they were able to come to this consensus and you can see that they're like, Duncan was such a nice, pleasant person. And probably that's why they work so well together after so many years. Yeah,
0: and as he stated, Mignola still talks to him. <laughs> right,
1: right. He's like, he still talks to him. I must have done something right. I mean,
0: that, that's the most you can ask, right? Is as somebody you work yeah. with, you actually still will speak with them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was great. It was uh, so- yeah, and I
0: hope everybody else enjoyed that interview um, as much as we did, and just enjoying his time uh, time with us. Uh, but. Um, next episode we have for you um, is going to be we're going to be covering we're jumping ahead instead of going chronologically we're jumping ahead because we read the novel um, a, a couple seasons back and so but then they decided to adapt the novel um, titled The Bones of Giants um, yeah. into a comic book form of four issues so our next um, episode we're going to be covering that with the same person that was on the, the novel episode with us James Mulholland friend of the podcast so wonderful man Yes, uh, great uh, graphic artist himself. So um, that will be our next episode. We'll see you then. Um, But that's it for this um, wonderful episode and our time with Duncan uh, on the page and and strangely in real real life. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Very crazy. Uh, But thank you again, all, for listening. And remember, we love you so much. I felt gross when we were interviewing him because my nose was just constantly going.
1: Oh, I'm sorry, dude. That sucks, man. It's just such a crappy feeling. I didn't notice it like okay, at the good. time. So yeah, so you're good.
0: Ever wanted to hear from the neighbor at 9 Cloverfield Lane? Or what if I told you that Dr. Loomis's worst patient wasn't Michael Myers? I'm Adam Peacock, host of the podcast My Neighbors Are Dead. Join me each week as I talk to the lesser-known characters from your favorite horror films. Each week is an all-new, fully improvised journey into the unknown, featuring friends and luminaries from the worlds of comedy, horror, and beyond. New episodes every Tuesday on Campfire Media. Subscribe now on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Campfire.